the Russians are going to kill you first. You know that. Welcome to episode number 19 of Unrelenting for March 18th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill, and yes, outside of Chirac, I survived St. Patrick's Day. What about you, Gene? Did you survive? I did survive, but I think it was a little easier in Austin. Well, it's always easier. They did go back to the Green River here in Chicago, which... Oh, nice. I remember that. It's I, an I interesting tradition. I in Chicago once for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we know what a party in chicago yeah, they they turn off all the filtration on the river that's kind of that. what i always thought like this is this the normal mm-hmm. color for the chicago river it may be but it was yeah, a maybe. tame day tame st patty's day all was i did it? was watch yeah. the dropkick murphy's live from boston i will say that crowd absolutely insane i think it was the house of blues in boston mm. nary a mask in sight there was a mosh pit people like just totally as close to each other as could be. Well, so why would there be masks? Putin fixed COVID. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Vladimir Putin. And yes, mm-hmm. uh, he has done so many great things. We much must, must talk about them. Much must talk. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's early in the morning. See, I haven't even finished my first coffee yet. So this is early podcasting. It's new for me. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Like you've never done a podcast early. At nine, not where I have to talk all the time. That's where it's usually fun to play music. But Mm -hmm. did you watch? I only caught bits and pieces of it. But did you watch Zelensky in his Zoom address or whatever they were using to Congress? I only saw bits and pieces. I have zero interest in watching him. But it's almost impossible to avoid seeing bits and pieces because every YouTube video seems to have clips. It was a very weird thing. I mean, I understand, you know, this technology, I get it. We have this technology now, but this, oh, you're having a leader from a foreign country that's involved in a war with another foreign country, making a case that's being covered like it's a reality show. Right. Well, it is a reality show. Well, that's, that is the spoilers. I think that the video that he brought at the end, it's like this overproduced, tear jerking, scaremongering. Total propaganda yeah, shot with video. a green screen. Absolutely. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there was something legitimate in there, but it was nothing but propaganda, which the United States has been putting out nothing but propaganda for decades. Russia, Ukraine, no I, different. I think the only good thing that that we're finding out with Zelensky's there is there is only one party in the United States. That seems that way. There, there is. There's only one party. They all go along together on everything. They pretend to squabble about who should get more of your money, but they all spend your money on things that no actual Americans want to spend money on. The the gas prices are going to be hitting ten bucks a gallon, and we're sending how much was it? Like seventy billion to Ukraine? Right. For God knows why. Basically, I I suspect it's to bail out. The banks that are going to fold otherwise with Biden's and Hillary's money if uh, they're not salvaged by U.S. taxpayers. This has nothing to do with any Ukrainian people. This has to do with uh, saving 
the asses of American elites that have been using Ukraine for the last eight years as a personal um, bank Thank slash you. brothel. And I think it's beyond that because the International Energy Agency, this according to Breitbart, mm-hmm. their latest thing is they have a 10 point plan now because the Russian oil thing, even though Russian oil in the United States was a very small amount of what was yeah, being used like 5% or something. Yeah, it was. I mean, I've seen anything probably from five to like 11. So it's somewhere in there. Okay. But the reality is cutting off Russian oil would not have made your gas prices go where they are here. I know there's no. a lot of European countries that are buying Russian oil. Okay, that's fine. I would understand that would make a problem there. But this International Energy Agency and anything with international on it scares me. They mm-hmm. have a 10 point plan to drive changes. This is a quote changes in the behavior of consumers in order to reduce gas. They want things like reducing speed limits. Oh, that's right out of Jimmy Carter's handbook. I remember when this happened last time. Yes, you can't go over. What was it? That was 55. 55. Yep. The 55 to save gas. They yep. want you to work from home three days a week. Now, my wife works in sales, so I want yeah. to know how you're doing that from home. When you're showing somebody tile for their yeah. floor in their kitchen, how are you doing well, that you, from home? You three send days them a, a link to Amazon to <laughs> go look at tile, I guess. Uh, yeah. I go buy here. It's a lot easier. They'll bring yeah. it right to your door. Yeah, yeah exactly. More how electric cars. Right. Yeah. They want car-free Sundays, which Adam talked about. That was a concept I was not familiar with. That I was guess a European thing, yeah. That happened there. They want more bicycle lanes. That's definitely a European thing. Cheaper public transportation. Not going to happen. And greater use of long-distance trains over planes. Jeff. And that's certainly not going to happen. No. Now, I will say from an efficiency standpoint, trains are obviously way more efficient than airplanes. Uh, trains have because they accelerate so damn slowly. They have, I remember this. I don't think of the, the stats inertia. Or, you're you're, you're trying to just, do math. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just even trying to remember a number, not even do a number. But it, it was something like, uh, like a train loaded with a hundred tons still gets like two miles to the gallon or something. I mean, it was, it was a ridiculous amount of weight that the train can pull. Uh, way more efficient than semi trucks. Way, uh, way more efficient than airplanes. Um, and that's because the train is actually a hybrid. You know, trains have been hybrids forever, right. for like sixty years probably, where you have uh, uh, electric generators on those things that are powered by diesel. And and I still this is a pet peeve for me is I don't understand why we don't have diesel hybrid cars. Because I kept waiting for them. I like diesel. I like hybrids. I like uh, electrical power. The torque is awesome. But all the hybrids that we have available are all gasoline. Right. And the thing that makes diesel better for a hybrid, like the trains, is because diesel engines uh, have a fairly low power band. Like, they don't rub very high. And so there's a, a smaller range from which to pick where you have a sweet spot for either maximum torque in the diesel or maximum efficiency. Well, the whole point of running with a hybrid is that you can keep those RPMs constant, generate the electricity at either, you know, 
high torque or high uh, efficiency, whichever one you want. And then the electric motors are the ones that uh, are going to actually be taking care of accelerating you. So to me, it seemed like a no brainer and no one's freaking doing it. I don't understand why. I don't know. My dad back in the day had a diesel powered station wagon, mm-hmm. which was an interesting. I mean, the problem you ran into was and back that, in the days, the eighties. Yes. Yes. And the problem you ran into was that it was still not as easy to find diesel fuel, you know, yeah. gas stations. Again, this was mainly just being used in trucks. So it was also highly sulfurized fuel back then. Yes. Yes. Your clouds of smoke were just <laughs> tremendous. There was a smell that was, uh, yeah, that was produced by that vehicle that is hard to forget. But the concept that people really want to save energy, I don't believe. Yeah, nobody wants to save energy. Is what's happening. And I don't believe that's what this, these plans are for. This is to Man, make the real- economic change. This isn't about yeah. saving the planet from pollution. This is about global redistribution of wealth absolutely it's always been about that because the the same people that want you to not drive on sundays are flying in their private planes on sunday right oh yeah there was just a bunch of libs that came out against some canadian pipeline i mean Mm -hmm. usual leo dicaprio's ben stiller's all that and it's like no i wonder how these people would live one day without things that are petroleum based mm-hmm. because everything yeah. you use is petroleum. even your electric cars all the plastic panels. i'm pretty sure they themselves are made of plastic to begin with <laughs> well that may be true at least uh i was going to make a very sexist joke about women and, and botox oh uh, there there is a little bit of botox and silicone in there i'm sure see there you go yeah but it's this disconnect this disconnect that we should be for whatever reason not producing energy here when you know the rest of the world is doing it. and that's always yeah. been my biggest disconnect which is even if i buy your data your hypothesis that this is what's killing the planet and i don't believe that 100 percent. is it partially true maybe but the reality is if the people in china and the people in india and elsewhere are going to continue doing this and throwing the pollutants into the air you do realize that is only hurting the economics of the United States and not really making the planet cleaner. Yeah. Well, we won't have to worry about that soon enough. Was that when Ukraine's taking over here? Yeah. Yeah. When Ukraine, I think Ukraine has taken over the U S government completely at this point. Yes. We're going to appoint Zelensky, our leader. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to make him the, uh, what's above president King czar King elect. (laughs) Yes, baby. Um, they had a Lego made of this guy for God's sake with Molotov oh, cocktails. Christ. Oh my God. Legos making Molotovs now. You know, I don't know if it was Lego or somebody that made like Lego, you know, that they went and just modified them. But yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. it was, a, it was a thing mm-hmm. which was weird, but this whole Zelensky talking, I know he did the same thing to the UK and other government bodies. Yeah. I just found the thing to be so 1984 ish. I found it to be so just, very otherworldly it just didn't it didn't look like reality it didn't it seem like what real. should be reality it, it is a television show it's not reality it has nothing to do with reality Zelensky doesn't have anything to do with politics Zelensky is an actor playing a president 
And he started doing that in 2016, I believe. And he's doing a hell of a job, I guess, because people he's believe not a bad it. actor. I mean, that's the thing is I, I do think that for a guy that spent most of his life in comedy, he's actually not bad doing drama. All you hear from pretty much every even mainstream sniffing media source is this is all on Putin and Putin is evil. Yeah. Now, I believe Putin's a bad guy, but with that said, I believe Joe Biden's a bad guy. I, yeah, believe- I, I don't think Putin's a bad guy. I think that there are people that Putin has inconvenience and uh, there are plenty of people that are rich that Putin has inconvenience that have vendettas against them. But for the average Russian, which is who he's supposed to be serving, uh, he has done a bang up job. He has a very good approval rating. Um, and again, the thing I would point out and people say, well, that's just because it's fake. It's all fake there. It, people don't understand the difference between the USSR and Russia. And if they were to understand the difference, they would realize that Russia is a lot closer to what America used to be in the 80s. And America is a lot closer to what Russia used to be in the 80s. We flip-flopped ideologies. Socialism dominates here. Warmongering dominates here. Russia is a much more capitalist country than in the United States right now. And the reason it's going to survive all of this bullshit going on with tariffs, or not tariffs, with sanctions, is because it is a more capitalist country than the United States. It is a country that isn't reliant on every other country in the world to provide its products, China. It's a country that actually has raw materials, has the resources, and it has factories to produce things, which the United States does not. So if anywhere near, like even 10% of the same sanctions that are applied to Russia right now were applied to the United States, uh, people would be starving on the streets. This would be beyond just simply the stock market crashing. This would be the the store, the the grocery stores would be closed permanently. You may have to drive 60 miles to find a place that has food available. People would be dying right now. Yes, the Russia, United States is not self-reliant at it all. It is completely not self-reliant. The United States is the leader of globalism. And Putin is absolutely fighting globalism right now. And watching these chicken hawk rhino Republicans who've been talking about uh, freedom and anti-globalism step lockstep in line with the most liberal of the socialists is very telling. And it's, it's like I said at the beginning, this just shows that this country is absolutely a uniparty. There is zero difference right now. Everybody that's currently in office, maybe except Rand Paul, <laughs> everybody else is in the same party. Well, there is a lot to unpack there from just things that I've seen. But media is saying that, well, the only way Putin could be taken down is by the Russian people themselves, which is this concept, I guess, of you hurt Russia with sanctions. And then the people will rise up against Putin. Yeah, what? it's is such a ridiculous concept because you hurt people with sanctions, and it's so obvious because everyone's got internet where those sanctions are coming from. They're coming from the West, which is trying to hit Russia 
they were trying to do that before this by uh by planting a nuclear um weapons as close to russia's borders as possible this is all way before the the occupation of ukraine this is this has been going on for a decade or more uh there there's been a policy with nato growth of russian containment i mean it's like the russian people are not stupid russian people recognize the fact that while they're enjoying western things and they were in communist days all the people certainly wanted to be more like the West. The realization is hit that the West is becoming more authoritarian and more socialist. And that is for the Russian people. They've been there, done that. They have no interest in going back to that. So, no, they're going to be on the forefront of capitalism. And uh, what they're figuring out is the West is doing its darndest to make life unpleasant for them. How that's going to motivate people to want to replace Putin, you've got to be a complete moron to think that's going to happen. Well, the other thing we're being told in the media is there is no reason for Putin to do what he's doing. He is mad. He is insane. He is crazy. He may have a serious illness. He may have some kind of mental thing because there's absolutely no reason. There is no plus side for Russia to do what he's doing. and. People should go back to listen to the episode we first did on this, but give them the quick 101 class on why Putin is doing this, according to Putin. Yeah, well, it's not according to Putin. It's according to history. Uh, the, the, there's one very easy question you can ask somebody to figure out whether they know what the fuck they're talking about or not. And the answer is usually no. And that is, so this, this invasion in Ukraine uh, this war, they like to use the word war, this war in Ukraine, when did it start? And if they tell you, well, a month ago, then you can stop talking to them because they're completely clueless. Uh, because when it started is when the United States uh, bought and paid for a revolution that utilized literal Nazis, not calling somebody a Nazi because you don't like their politics, but people with swastikas that do a Sikh Kyle and uh, have a, uh, a historical photograph of a Nazi, not just collaborator, but a guy who was running the Nazis in Ukraine as their hero. These people were paid for by U.S. taxpayers and organized in order to bring down what was an elected government. You can say it was a corrupt government. Sure, most East European governments are corrupt. But this was an elected government that was brought down by a very much foreign power controlled uh regime and they started the war in 2014 and part of it was very uh uh you know it was just done without guns uh with just Molotov cocktails but there were also uh images of snipers on the roof that we remember and nobody ever really figured out what country those snipers were from uh, but uh, the guess is pretty easily that they were those Nazis initially that that became a part of the official army, which incidentally, the previous elected government had nothing to do with. It was a dirty secret that everybody tried to sweep under the rug that Ukraine during World War II and since has had a much higher Nazi uh, 
problem, they, they do have a Nazi problem, than any other countries, even more than Argentina, where a lot of the Nazis went to. And as it, it now is becoming even more evident, the, the amount of Nazis that came into the United States to work for the U.S. government wasn't just limited to the guys making rockets, but also the guys in genetics, the guys in medicine, the guys that uh, were taking full advantage of the human experiments that were conducted on Jews and gypsies in Germany. There's a lot of dirty little secrets about Nazis in this country as well. But Ukraine, uh, this has been an ongoing issue since World War II that everybody in Eastern Europe knew about. Uh, they're very anti-Semitic. <laughs> they're as a country in general, but that's not a reason to invade them, right? The Nazis even aren't a reason to invade them. The The issue and, and why Putin is in there is because after this uh, coup that was uh, happening in 2014, uh, there were a significant number of Ukrainians, people that had lived in Ukraine uh, since the start of the country, which incidentally was only 30 years ago. And those people started fighting back. Like they saw the illegitimacy of this revolution as being something that was only happening uh, in Kiev. It was driven by the West. It wasn't what they wanted. Uh, the, the past presidents were not elected in a phony baloney election like certain other presidents. The elections in Ukraine were. Again, I'm not going to say they were any any cleaner than other countries, but they were certainly no worse than other European countries. And so they started uh, fighting back and they were losing and they got pushed all the way back to the Donbass, which was the eastern side of Ukraine. And at some point, I think in 2015, Russia started providing them with weapons because they recognized that, look, uh, these people are the legitimate original supporters of uh, the government before it was overthrown. And, uh, you know, if they want to if they want to fight against the revolutionary government, then we're going to say they're more legitimate and we're going to help them. So that was Russia's take. Now, if you know anything about history, this sure seems like the same thing that happened in China. Uh, where the legitimate government of China kept getting pushed back into the very eastern corner, the southeastern corner of China, and eventually to the island of Taiwan. So how's that different exactly? Uh, U.S. is great friends with the, uh, the people of Taiwan, apparently, which consider themselves to be the legitimate government of China uh, and the ones that were left over and fighting uh, during the or after the uh, the revolution in China to communism. Well, the people of Donbass are exactly the same thing. Well, and that's and, it. the United and so there's States. Been an, yeah. And there's been an eight year war conducted in Ukraine against these people. Um, and it's, it wasn't even ethnic. I mean, there's an ethnic component to it simply because the only areas that weren't eventually captured by the revolutionary forces uh, were areas more heavily ethnically Russian. But saying ethnically Russian and ethnically Ukrainian is kind of a bullshit statement because genetically there is zero difference. It is literally people that have the exact same genetic makeup. 
so there there is nothing ethnic it's like you know you got somebody from uh from uh uh venice and you got somebody from florence right those used to be two cities that were major hubs of traffic for uh merchants and they fought each other a lot genetically they are absolutely identical Right, so they're, splitting the United States in half and going, oh, you're from Illinois, oh, you're from Indiana, you're from the, different the, countries now. But the United States is trickier. I don't ever like to use the United States as an example because everybody here is an immigrant and everybody moved around. And even the Native Americans are really immigrants because they got shoved around the country into areas that they never previously lived. So uh, we're, we're a country that really did truly used to be what we used to call it is the um, melting pot. The melting pot, exactly. The fondue, right? We are the, America we are the, is the fondue <laughs> of the world. Is it cheese? Is it chocolate? You never know. But <laughs> America's influence in Ukraine and their involvement is something I also think is very much misunderstood. Like, if the average person, I think, if you ask them, when did we get involved as the United States in this Ukraine thing, they would also say like a month ago, right? And yeah. I remember doing this doing a little research and it's not impossible to find i'm not saying it's easy when you're looking at government uh documents but the funding that has been going to ukraine for years is easy to find long before putin went in there were billions of dollars when they're marked this is another pet peeve of mine a lot of the stuff they're marked as for defensive weapons it's like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry all weapons are weapons this is this, you know, these are the liberals that would tell you that having a nine millimeter pistol in your home is an assault weapon. Nobody needs that. Right. Are now sending uh, stinger missiles yeah. to Ukraine because, you know, it's, it can only be used for defense. Bullshit. A weapon's yeah. a weapon. What you use it for is depending on you. But this yeah, concept only, that you were sending billions of dollars yeah. to Ukraine and it wasn't arming a country, then, uh, yeah, you're lying. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, th- there are defensive weapons. They're just banned. Like landmines are a defensive weapon. That's a purely defensive weapon. You're not going to attack somebody with landmines. Well, but they're be, also banned by efficient. the Geneva Convention. <laughs> if you start throwing them around, they're not very efficient. No, no. Hey, you could throw them around and nothing happens. I mean, they have to be in a particular situation and somebody has to put pressure on them from one side and gravity involved in the other side them to actually go off so there are defensive weapons but uh not, not what, what we're, we're sending. sending them no definitely not what we're sending and no. that is a big misunderstanding and this is again concerning to me not because we're sending weapons to a foreign land we've done that forever yeah the interesting thing to me is again how this is all very one-sided watching the dropkick murphys last night from boston they had little Ukraine flags on things going into PayPal. Oh, do you want to give money to Ukraine mm-hmm. going into the stupid MGM based uh, slots game on my iPad? Oh, do you want to give money to Ukraine? Every mm-hmm. last place I go on the Internet is trying to get money for Ukraine and it's driving me nuts. And there's there's plenty of Chinese developed apps that will ask that now and that money goes directly to china so thank you well yeah because china's not dumb <laughs> they're like no, we want to get in on this no not only are they not dumb they're more more importantly don't have western ethics about this stuff yeah and because TikTok. they're like 
idiots want to give money, yeah, I'll take some. The White House spokeshole, Jen Psaki and some other people got on a Zoom call with a bunch of TikTokers. I mean, it is absolutely insane. Well, that's that's PR. <laughs> that is kind of her job. Well, I understand it's PR, but the fact that anybody is thinking they're getting news, accurate yeah. news from TikTok, which, as you said, a Chinese run company, it is all algorithm based, which means what you see, they're mm-hmm. all short form videos for those who don't know TikTok, like 10 seconds to like 30 seconds is usually a long video on TikTok. It's all an algorithm programmed by Chinese folks to put this whatever they want, whatever the current mantra is, whatever the current little nugget is into mainly your kids brains, because they're I mean, if there's people that are over like 30 that are using TikTok, you have a problem. You you do have a problem. Well, and and I don't care who's programming it. It's more importantly, who's controlling it than who owns it. Right. Is there most things in the United States are not programmed by Americans. Most things are programmed by Indians, Chinese, uh, East Europeans, tons of programmers in Ukraine. A lot of them have had to move their whole companies to Poland now. There's a, a whole slew of video game companies that were based out of Ukraine or at least had a heavy presence in Ukraine. And this is the sad thing, right? Is that the average person in Ukraine just Wants to get by, make money, and has the American dream. As does the average person in Russia, and maybe not the average person now right. in the United States. Yeah, maybe not the average person in the United States now. But the problem with Ukraine is that those average people in Ukraine have not really done a whole lot to keep their country from being run by literal Nazis and actors. And I don't mean actor in the sense of like uh, Ronald oh, Reagan. Zelensky was an actor, <laughs> so was Ronald Reagan. But what I mean by that is a guy who's not the actual president, like Joe Biden, and, and there were and like Joe Biden exactly. <laughs> and there was an episode. I, I mean, the history of this is just fascinating, and I didn't know it until after the uh, the, the occupation started. Is that Zelensky, previously to running for president, was in the tv show called servant of the people where he played a high school teacher who becomes president of ukraine well you know stacy abrams is now the president of the universe or something in the latest star trek television show yeah i I don't all this latest disney bullshit or whoever owns uh these franchises has zero interest for me i I agree the the original they've gotten so much past the original storylines and ideas and into a a purely politically driven i don't even know what to call it i mean i i there there are no nice words to describe what is produced these days on american television it went i think from being quality entertainment that often had a message to it to all propaganda the message was what's important the entertainment quality not so much anymore mm-hmm. that it yeah, only yeah, exists no, to push the pure pure propaganda absolutely but then i i I think a lot of it uh the root cause of this is the the complete uh uh how do i phrase it it the complete lack of interest by higher education institutions to actually control the curriculum to the point where all of the curriculum um including a lot of stem 
has been transformed into indoctrination rather than actual education. Right, because it's and, unfair. Because don't you know that inherently, for some reason, the black students are idiots and can't do math. The Asian students are too good at math, and we have to make this right. Yeah, you have to make everybody equally bad. bad. Kind of right. like, uh, right. what was that novel? Somebody, uh, not Cyrano de Bergerac. It was Kurt uh, Vonnegut's book. Uh, they've talked about No Agenda. It's a short story about a, a guy who is, uh, you know, uh, like tall and athletic and handsome, and he has to be averaged out. <laughs> right, right. For the population. God, I, I'm forgetting the name of this thing. It was one Bemrose brought up so often. I, I'm, I'm, that's probably why I'm blanking out on the name. Oh. Yeah, it's, and it was a, a great story. It, it's, we are so much closer to it today than when it was written. It's scary. This idea that you create equality by bringing down everybody to the lowest common denominator. It is, it is anti-life is what it is. Uh, it is contrary to the natural way of being. Some people would say to the way that God, uh, you know, wants things to happen. But I uh, just looking at it from a natural standpoint, uh, what humans are doing right now and politically and, and sociologically is so contrary to what literally every other animal in the world does that we are. Uh, I think Adam likes to talk about, or man, it's not Adam. No, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, it's Tim likes to talk about this. This. Uh, oh, your other rat, programmers. You have Adam other Curry yeah. and Tim Pool. So, uh, rat utopia experiments. This is literally where we are right now. And thanks and, to Cold Acid of the Rare Encounter podcast, Harrison Bergeron is the Bar- story. That, see, this is why I was thinking Cyrano de Bergerac. Sim- <laughs> were, similar last name, right? Yes, this is why we need you in the troll room at noagendastream.com at 9 a.m. Friday morning central to tell us the things we can't remember ourselves. Or, you know, you could also be watching us on YouTube live and typing comments in there and doing super chats and stuff. Right. We're not doing that. We're not there today. I'm still working on some stuff with that. Because, I mean, the, uh you know, you know, I look and I'm trying to follow the troll room. And then you're like, why are you looking to the side? We need a system, some kind of thing that. you know that goes yeah it's called an assistant <laughs> yes we do a we producer need- we need a producer that can just do the production this is absolutely true who's willing to work for i was gonna nothing. say little money but yes <laughs> the reality is nothing i mean it would uh-huh. be a perfect situation if you're independently wealthy and yeah. you could give us money while doing the work oh, that'd be perfect absolutely but yeah I, I i'll tell you another thing that i think is a reality of youtube that we really haven't talked about it so this is the behind the scenes conversation. I don't think YouTube really does what you think it's going to do in terms of growing an audience unless you have a show that is on at least four days a week. It needs to be pounded day after day. Ideally daily. If you have a daily show, I've seen a ton of people that literally like the first time I saw them, they had under 100 subscribers that grew that to hundreds of thousands of subscribers by having daily shows. Which is exactly what the Tim Pools are doing. It's exactly yeah. what Scott Adams is doing. And, and Tim's talked about how he like prefers not to. Like he'd really like to just do two shows a week. But what he's learned is that if you slow down even to just three shows a week, 
you start losing audience. You got to do at least four shows a week and ideally seven. And what's interesting is I'm not sure that that's because of what the audience wants, but think about what YouTube wants if it is new and or live content that mm-hmm. brings in the most interest. Yeah. The creators that are doing the most, they're going to put more money behind, which means they're going to put the algo behind you. They're going to put you in yeah, front it's of not more even people. The money, because again, for a lot of the guys that are getting in the hundreds of thousands of subs, which used to be a nice little income, now they're saying that really just is a very small portion because it, once you get to that 100,000 subscriber mark, asking people be on Patreon or, or locals or whatever, uh, that overwhelmingly generates more money than what you're getting paid for ads. Cause they, right. I mean, you can look at that at the rate you're, you're getting something like, uh, you're going to make like a dollar off of a 30 second ad playing on YouTube after I think it's like 10,000 people watch it. That's about you're right. Get a dollar. So it's, you're going to have to have millions and millions of views, have one of those kind of uh, breakout videos in order to get some real money. It used to be that you could get a lot fewer views and still make good money on YouTube, but that those days are long, like three, four, five years ago. So right now, people are mostly using YouTube just to gain a lot of viewers, right, make audience a little building. bit of money. And then use the value for value model. I mean, ultimately, that's what Patreon is. It's it's asking people to make a direct, well, through Patreon, but nonetheless, bypassing YouTube and uh, advertising revenue. Well, yeah, YouTube's allowing you to do it without the advertising, but they're just taking their 30% for anybody that wants to send money through their system. Uh, it, I believe it's 40%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. 30 Thank is, YouTube. Um, yeah, and Twitch is 50. That's Twitch gets half of what people pay. I mean, I guess I see their concept, which is all you're doing is the stupid content. We're giving you the oh, place yeah. to do all it. All you're doing is wearing, uh, uh, you know, as little clothing as possible playing a video game. Yeah, for the women, that will do a lot better. For you and I, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> that's, right. that's what gets people exactly. to turn off. But, uh, but there's plenty of guys willing to send money and half of it going to Jeff Bezos. The one-sidedness of all of this stuff, there was a headline, and I still look at the Drudge Report, even though I think Drudge has been compromised and is now totally in on a lot of the far-left stuff. So I, Oh, yeah, totally. I watch him, though, still. I watch his page, and I watch one called OffThePress.com, which is kind of a Drudge clone, but it is more on the conservative side. So, I mean, mm. it's... Watching both of these, you get a pretty good handle on what's going on. Both of them covered the same story, had a link to the same story, and both of them had a misleading headline. There's only one party. Well, that is true. It's one party and it is just people. And this is further proof of that because the headline, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, was model who spoke out against Putin found dead in a suitcase. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this seems like an interesting story. This will be fun. Dead model Mm -hmm. in a suitcase. And you click on the link. And the first thing you learned in the story was, uh, was her asshole ex-boyfriend, the killer, had nothing to do with Putin. 
But uh-huh. both uh-huh. of these major news aggregators are showing the headline that model who was critical of Putin is now dead in a suitcase. And what what does a normal person think when they see that headline? You think, well, obviously Putin's involved. Yeah, he must have gone out and killed her himself. Uh huh. Must have mm-hmm. had her killed. That's the only reason to bring up the connection. That's just yeah. like saying random Russian girl killed by ex-boyfriend oh. is somehow Putin's fault now. Exactly. Uh, just like it was COVID's fault a year ago. It's, yeah, clearly died. That's a COVID death. It's all the COVIDs. Well, this, the, inf- the misinformation right. there, too, which is the article I was reading on the New York Times site, was uh, the headline, and I highly recommend it if you're following all the COVID stuff, as virus data mounts, the J&J vaccine is holding its own. Once dismissed as less effective, the vaccine now seems to be preventing infections and illness about as well as the two mRNA options. Which Surprise. Say not at all. Great. Surprise. Well, no, not not at all. I mean, you had COVID. You know it's real. You had a very The vaccines didn't do shit. more stats come out, the more obvious it is the vaccines actually cause more harm than good. I would disagree with that. The interesting thing was, though, when talking about the side effects, of course, they mention how the CDC took the Johnson and Johnson off because of the fact that it was having blood clot issues, which was about 11 per million, Mm -hmm. which I mean, everybody can do the stats there. That's that's pretty rare as far as a side effect goes. 11 per million. They then go on to say, well, the mRNA vaccines also have been associated with some uncommon side effects, including myocarditis. And for the males age 16 to 29, the uh, rate is 11 per 100,000. Mm-hmm. Gee, Gene, um, I don't know. I'm not a great mathematician, but it seems like 11 per 100,000 is a lot different than uh, Here's the problem. one per the 11 rate, million. The rate pre-vaccines for that age group was one out of 100,000. Yeah, well, there was no it's doubt about that. It's 11 times higher for people vaccinated. Right. It's a tiny number, but it's literally 11 times higher. Yeah, it's still a very tiny number. Uh, it's, it's still way more. Higher. It is still way more prevalent, and they still don't know how to separate with people who were vaccinated and had covid or people that were just vaccinated or people that just had covid and were unvaccinated yeah because it's happening across people that got covid too now if the people that got covid were vaccinated you could say maybe it was the vaccine Mm -hmm. and we don't have the data yet to show whether it is vaccine related whether it's covid related whether it is a combination thereof or whether it's really bad if you have had covid and then got jabbed with the jab which that set things into motion they really don't know they really well i think you just summed it up right there they don't know and they haven't known and yet they've been telling us what to do right fauci says a fourth shot is necessary gene yeah i don't even know who that is anymore (laughs) antony he is now off on an island by himself yeah yeah we're not seeing him as much so i will say the main well i don't know if it's good at all for like a month well because it's been ukraine coverage nonstop. i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. good or bad though yeah, I'd love to see him go volunteer in Ukraine. Go <laughs> well, save some Ukrainians. There are a lot of sick people over there. I mean, go. Uh, uh, he can go take are. care of them. Send Fauci. Yeah, I, in fact, I, uh, I'm kind of uh, 
seriously contemplating doing a uh, pro-Ukrainian program myself. A pro-Ukrainian uh, yeah, program. Yeah, I think I think uh, they need our support. So I'm I'm considering helping people that want to go help Ukraine. You mean sending them to Ukraine? I will pay for a one-way ticket. <laughs> we will get you to Ukraine. Absolutely, and then they will make sure and tell you where to go and where to stand when the uh, bombs drop. Sir Gene's Charter Airline. Man, you think we could get enough people to do a charter? That would save me some money than just buying tickets. Yeah. I don't know. Can awesome. you still get in, though? Because there is there a no-fly oh, yeah, zone? Yeah. Well, you have to fly to Poland. They're oh. Coming in through Poland. And then walk so, the rest of the way. Let, and let's talk briefly about Ukraine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, I can't believe we've gotten this far into the episode without mentioning. Without talking. Yeah. I know, right? So that's just, right, it's almost an hour. We might as well jump into it a little bit. So here's one thing you you want to keep in mind from a strategic standpoint is that uh, right now the issue for regardless of what the the Zelensky uh, marketing agency is putting out there for messaging the issue for people that are holding guns combatants and it doesn't matter if they're wearing uniforms or not because if you're holding a gun in a country that's at war you're a combatant. Yes. The issue for them right now isn't so much uh, that they're getting killed by Russians, because as we're all being told all the time, Russia's taking, you know, a million casualties and Ukrainians have lost three people. But uh, the issue is that they have cut off all the supply lines. So there is no food and no ammunition coming to help those people. And they're going to run out of one or both. And this is why uh, what is happening with the current state of very little motion of the Russian troops who do have a supply line uh, is exactly what should be happening. And people that think that Putin is losing don't know jack shit about war or strategy. Because what is happening right now is simply uh, they're, they're waiting. They're utilizing attrition. For every bullet that is fired by somebody that's wearing a Ukrainian flag, that bullet is not being replaced. It is one less bullet available to them. For every meal that is eaten is one less meal available to them. They have no way to get food. The population of Ukraine who are not holding guns, the civilians, um, are being provided emergency food supplies by the Russian government. There's been now this is as of a week ago, over 400,000 tons of food brought in. Now, is this um, so clu- I'm sure including more now. any men? Because according men, it doesn't matter, men or women, if you're holding a gun, you're a combatant. Right. But aren't all men? They were now unless uh, if you were in that age range, what was it? 18 to 65 or yeah. something. Yeah. You were to 65 ordered to stay in the country and fight. Oh, yeah, they're not letting so the men minute, out of the country. Absolutely. Well, the Absolutely. minute Zelensky said that isn't every male in the country between 18 and 65 now a combatant technically. Uh, well, as far as Zelensky is concerned, but if they're not holding a gun, they're not a combatant as far as Russia is concerned. What you're telling me, Russia is even more um, honorable than Ukraine. Is that what you're saying? That they are abiding by that? No, I'm just it's curious. It's an interesting. They're not. They're not abiding by Ukrainian edicts. Why would they? No. As far as Russia's concerned, it's always been the same. Well, but no. But if Putin was a bloodthirsty guy who wanted to kill as many people as possible. Wouldn't then you go? Well, everybody that's a male 
between mm-hmm. 18 and 65 is now fair game because they've been deemed by their own country as combatants. But you're saying Russia's going, hey, you're not you don't have a gun. We'll help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And there's tons and tons of videos showing that. I mean, that's the thing is that the censorship on all U.S. media uh, to only portray what is effectively a Hollywood cast reality TV show uh, versus portraying what's actually happening on the ground is insane. Yes. There are I, at least I think there's three different people whose videos I cross post to NA social that are actually in Ukraine and reporting from Ukraine and talking about what's going on. One of those guys is doing more than just talking about it. He's actually in war zones, running around shooting videos whenever there's actual action. This guy's, I mean, he's hardcore as a seal apparently. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the reality is vastly different. The reality is that, uh, Ukraine has been using cluster bombs on civilian targets, uh, for, well, at least three weeks now, uh, they're trying to do as much damage as they're capable of. Whereas, uh, Russia came in with an actual strategy, which the strategy was to destroy any kind of military equipment, uh, to isolate and contain and capture or kill. And it really doesn't matter which the Nazi army regiments and, uh, to ensure that the people of Ukraine uh, can have a government that isn't bought and paid for by some foreign country that they themselves elect. So those are really the three key components of why the peacekeepers are there from Russia right now. Well, then it's amazing that people don't comprehend that there may be a hoax. I mean, look at the Jesse Smollett story, the idiocy that it is here. Yeah. You don't believe that this might be going on. You don't believe that there might be some people in Ukraine, just like there's people in the United States. This happened. The weather underground. The majority of the Ukrainian population had nothing against the previous government that was toppled. There have been Americans that bombed American installations here. Yeah, yeah. And they were perfectly happy uh, uh, at the way things are going. They just want to be left alone. And if the Nazis took over, well... As long as the Nazis leave them alone, they're fine, too. Uh, The majority of Ukrainians are not what is portrayed in Western media. And that's the other thing. All Ukrainians over the age of about 18 speak Russian. So when you get Zelensky or somebody on there that is speaking Ukrainian, well, I mean, he's doing it for an obvious reason. But a lot of these guys, you know, it's kind of like going to France, right? Most French people take English as a second language. But yet, you're, when you're in Paris, nobody speaks English. No, because they don't want to speak English. Because to they you. don't want to speak English. That's exactly what it is in Ukraine. Is they don't want to speak Russian. But it, the funny thing is, in the interviews with a whole bunch of prisoners that I watched interviews with, um, they all are speaking Russian no differently than the Russians because they all learned Russian when they were in school. And so it's a, it is part of this made up fantasy of Ukraine somehow being a separate country that uh, is furthered by speaking Ukrainian. So, you you know, is it a language? Sure, it's a language. There are a lot of languages uh, which have been spoken in the past that really aren't spoken today. 
And Ukrainian is sort of a revived language uh, that really was um, uh, became the official language of the country after 2014. Uh, and they didn't create it in 2014. I don't want to imply that. I mean, it's been around. It's just, it's it's just like you have uh, certain dialects, which like, oh, in fact, you were watching uh, something from Massachusetts. Right. A lot of like you put somebody from Massachusetts next to somebody from like deep in Kentucky different and have accent. them talk to each other. Yeah. Like they're both speaking a variant of English. I can read Ukrainian. I can understand Ukrainian. I would have a hard time emulating Ukrainian speech just because I like I, I know what the words mean when I read them, but I, I wouldn't think of using that word because. The first thing that comes to my mind is the Russian word for it, but it, it is a extremely close language. It's barely more than a dialect. And that and, is always and, an interesting and, thing to me with people that speak multiple languages is which language do you think in? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there is always one. And obviously for me, it's English, but, um, I know that quite often for people that move from one country to another they never stop thinking in the original language they learned and uh you know they just continue on translating everything that they think in the other language and that's usually what also gives them a uh, more of an accent because if you can think in the language um it's easier to speak more fluently right easier to drop the accent but this is why all of this stuff why it's important to get information from both sides and we're not seeing that i would rather say on the evening news well here's a video that reportedly shows the russian army bringing food to the ukraines but you know this is possible that this is just propaganda but who cares if it's propaganda if you see a hundred videos in different locations of food being brought to ukraine even if it's propaganda, that's a hundred places where there was food brought in. Unless it was green screens and they were actors, you know, like the presidents. But then at least they're they're still bringing food in for the actors. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's still something. I haven't seen any Ukrainian trucks or American trucks or Polish trucks bringing any food in. The only thing that I've seen coming in from the West are guns. And well, yes, and that is and ultimately, this is the distinction that will be made. I don't think Putin's talked about it, but I think this will be something that is talked about in the future. So mark my words, is this this dichotomy between the West and the East in that from the West, all you have is weapons coming in. All you have are things that will get the local population killed. Yes. And from the East, you have supplies and food. And people driving around saying, uh, you know, as long as you're not holding a gun, you will be treated as a civilian. Uh, We'll have food distribution at this time at this location. Uh, Stay safe and, uh, you know, avoid uh, uh, being in areas that are still being fought over. I mean, it's like, yeah, you could say, well, but they're foreigners on that land. Yes, but so are the Americans. So are the people that have empowered the Nazi the growth of Nazism in Ukraine. Well, yes, and they're funding, there's no question, the continuation of the, the fighting. The, the level of pride talked about by American politicians of the Uniparty about sending more and more and more and more money to Ukraine. Where's that money going? 
It's not going to the average Ukrainian. Where where is these billions of dollars that are being sent right now? Literally billions. Where are they going? What are they doing for Ukraine? You know what you know what those billions of dollars are? In somebody's pocket. They're, they're contracts to American manufacturers of weapons. When we say we're sending 14 billion to Ukraine, no. We're writing a check for 14 billion to American manufacturers and then taking the stuff that the government just bought with your money and then shipping it to Ukraine so that more Ukrainian kids can get killed in the war. This is why you vet who you're giving money to. Just the other day, a black woman that was a part of Black Lives Matter in Boston was arrested for stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars of the money that came into Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't know who you're giving the money to. People, this scares me when people well, are like, oh, know, donate man. money if, to Ukraine. Where is it going? If I go on to PayPal and they're like, oh, donate to Ukraine relief, who's yeah. going to get that money? Yeah, don't send your water blankets. Send cash. It's absolutely insane to think that your money is going to go to help. The fact that their arming is going to continue escalation of the fighting. Now, I understand yep. it's so easy because people are so ignorant of how all this works. The best thing possible, because, again, uh, this is why the narrative, I believe, is being thrown out there that Putin's just willy nilly crazy, killing every civilian he can come by, which is why you have to keep giving weapons. If people really thought he's only going after military targets, they'd be like, oh, well, then maybe we shouldn't keep giving them military targets. Yeah, exactly. And and every time there's this footage of some, you know, hospital or uh, kindergarten. Uh, what they're not showing is the the videos that I have that show the Ukrainian military occupying those buildings. So when you destroy a building that used to be an elementary school and has housed, hospital. Uh, yeah, has housed like four units of the Ukrainian military and is a weapons store, is that a bad thing? It's perfect for propaganda. I just want to give everybody a little. That's why they're in there. And that's the whole point. This is why they're they're utilizing places that look like they're civilian places. Yes. In order. They're literally kicking people out of hospitals. If you have your. You don't even have to do that. If you got your own banana republic, just build a building, put hospital or convent on the outside and then put your military in there. Dude, all my gun (laughs) cases that I travel with uh, say medical equipment well it, it does have an effect on somebody's health it, it absolutely does so it's uh yeah um they're using subversive tactics which you know you kind of expect but the, the russians know that and that they don't care because they know there is an actual military target there and that's what they take out and it's uh, also what people don't understand is the escalation of things so many people they're like, oh, Zelensky just wants a no-fly zone. Isn't that mm-hmm. completely reasonable? Mm-hmm. No, no, it is not reasonable. It is not because that brings the world into a war. That would be akin to somebody Russia saying to the United States, "No, nah, you can't fly over Florida anymore." Well, certainly over Cuba, right? <laughs> right. That's a better yeah. example. But this yeah. is what we're getting down to. It's like this is not something that makes a whole lot of sense there's enough that has been leaked that the russians and the ukrainians are not the governments are not that far apart with what they want 
at least according to what they're right. all saying. You yeah. know, Putin says we don't want them to go NATO. And mm-hmm. Zelensky says, OK, although they just joined some NATO cybersecurity thing, which, again, you're poking the bear. Yeah. At this particular yeah, point and, in time. Why would I you do that? A lot of the uh, a lot of the sort of average people who've only seen the U.S. be involved in third world countries uh, like Iraq or, you know, Syria or Afghanistan uh, in the Middle East or even before that. I mean, even like really Vietnam's a third world country. It's always over Um, there. It's always over there. None of these are nuclear powers. None of them had a real military. And I remember all the bullshit about Iraq's got the third largest army in the world, like back in, what was it, uh, in 1991? Right. And it all was total bullshit. The, you literally had, and I know this from firsthand uh, knowledge, you had a bunch of people that literally were hungry and that were looking for Americans to give up to so they could go get a meal. That that was the Iraqi third largest army in the world is you had guys that had five bullets in their guns and nothing else and uh, were malnourished because the army didn't have enough food. Well, we're, and that, we were told that, that they were Americans the, were fighting. The data said there were weapons of mass destruction. And again, both sides bought into that. They tried well, that to blame. was the second time that, that, that was not in 91. Right. That, that was in 2001. Right. But still, both sides bought into that. Then you were like, well, there was none. Or maybe it was moved to Syria. Maybe this happened. Mm-hmm. This is, again, the way the media is covering this. And yeah, what's more annoying to me is this isn't just when I go looking for news. The uh, Yahoo Mail, which I still have a couple of accounts that have been around for like decades. Still go check those mm-hmm. once a day or so. And they have like news headlines on the top. And the one was Russia may be planning on using chemical weapons in Ukraine. It's like maybe planning Russia may be planning to send unicorns out your ass. They may be planning anything. (laughs) This is not news. This is not something that you break into somebody's email account to be like, oh, no, this may be happening. Tell me when it's happening. Maybe. I don't even want it then. But. Well, and the the video now we've seen multiple videos of supposedly dead people from chemical attacks, both in Syria and in Africa, where the people, the actors playing the dead people started moving like literally several videos in different locations of that happening. So would it be possible? I, I would say America planning a uh, reenactment of a chemical attack in Ukraine is a more accurate email to send out. This is why for four years or so now, I've been covering deep fakes on various shows and people need to understand what deep fakes are. And you question now everything you see people. There's especially older folks like my parents. You know, if they see a video without somebody explaining to them, anything can be made to look like anything at this point. You want to be aware of that. Do not believe anything you see as fact because it's simply may not be true yeah like the moon landing exactly (laughs) i don't know about the moon that one you and adam curry i know that's your viewpoint on that i don't know i think that uh all deep fake it's all deep fake right do we have a space station in orbit right now 
Yeah, of course we do. We also have one sitting in uh, New Mexico on the ground with all the astronauts. <laughs> Says that there are no astronauts in space. I thought we're worried about the Russians having this poor guy bringing them home. Yeah. Did, did Bezos go to space? William Shatner, did any of these guys? Bezos must? absolutely did not. Shatner did not. Neither one of them did, no. They just took a little flight, but they didn't get high enough. Is that They didn't get high enough as far as I'm concerned. I mean, maybe if they got higher, they would believe they did it. But. I don't. And I don't understand why they didn't didn't go higher. It's like it seemed like it wouldn't take much to actually get them high enough to be in space. But for whatever reason, you know, if you ask Adam, it's because they don't want to hit the uh, firmament that's up above. Right. The, yeah. The glass ceiling. The glass ceiling of the planet. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe, bounce right off. Yeah. Or even worse, yeah. if you get if you somehow break through a little crack in that, then you can't get so, back. Let's talk about Ukraine, though. Um, so uh, <laughs> you keep changing the topic. God damn it. I know we wanted to talk about the no fly zone and the concept of why that was a really bad idea. And I tell you, I am tired of the fear mongering, just like with Yahoo. I tried. Yeah. I did. I tried to watch your boy, Tim Pool, and I turned him on maybe yesterday. And the first mm-hmm. thing was, we're on the precipice of a nuclear World War Three. And I'm just like, click. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Well, the yeah, I mean, the atomic clock everywhere outside of the United States is one second away right now. Yeah, I don't the US buy it. has decided to keep it at five seconds. I don't buy that we're on the precipice of a nuclear World War Three. And if we are, you know what? Mm. Going to be dead. Don't really care. Yeah, probably. Although you're far enough away out of the city, you may not. Damn it. Um, yeah, you may want to move closer in. I've got guns. But, yeah, how is that going to help with nuclear weapons? Well, I mean, there's ways to uh, there are ways to uh, end the suffering. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Of all the other people, I get it. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to end <laughs> suffering, you may as well be do the human thing and, and end right. other people's help, suffering help, first. Help a man out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, just saying. Well, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that like I've been around during the Cold War and uh uh i will say that we are closer today to nuclear war than we've ever been in the history of the world even going back into the 80s when that was the even going back into the 60s interesting yeah now is the reason because of unhinged leaders like perhaps joe biden and vladimir putin or absolutely absolutely Um, do we not rely on i mean the fact is a lot of the media coverage points to Everything going on in Ukraine is only here's, here's on how Putin. it happens. Uh, is it? It's not some all of a sudden somebody randomly just shoots off on you. That's not right. how it works. Do we not rely is, on the people that have the control to actually set these things off? Well, I mean, they're going to be following orders to send them off. Well, yeah, but that's not always true. I mean, we had the story of the Russian that should have yeah told everybody that there were incoming ICBMs from the United States back in yeah. the 80s that didn't because he's like i think it's a glitch yeah 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 but here's how it's going to happen is you will have it totally through escalation uh you will have whether it's european uh un or americans probably not going to be american but it could be uh you will have and um, some kind of western plane shot down by the russians not a ukrainian one because no one cares about those You'll have a Western plane shot down by the Russians. There'll be a lot of brouhaha. They're going to start shooting down Russian planes. They shoot down a few Russian planes. Uh, 
Russia retaliates by blowing up a boat, like a military boat. Oh, I thought maybe uh, they were going after Bezos's uh, new new yacht. Well, if it's a military yacht, maybe. But anyway, the point is, it's going to be an escalation game. Russia blows up a boat. The U.S. goes and blows up a bunch of Russian boats because, you know, like they're outside of Ukraine, so they're easier to get to. Uh, they blow up a, couple, a bunch of Russian boats. Russia shoots off uh, some missiles at U.S. mainland. Non-nuclear. But they'll, they'll take out a chunk of New York. Or Washington. Washington would be preferable, obviously. Obviously. Um, yeah, obviously. And then the uh, U.S. will retaliate uh, and realize that conventional weapons aren't doing a whole lot. Um, and ultimately, uh, Biden will launch uh, submarine nukes. Russian will retaliate, and uh, we get a big reset. Now, we know they want the big reset, but when you say an airplane, do you mean a commercial military airliner plane. or a military nope. aircraft? Military plane. Now, the reality that it's going becomes- to be military for military until it gets to a point where something big gets destroyed, like an aircraft carrier. And if when an American plane an gets shot carrier, down and Russia says uh, that wasn't us, that was uh, that was Ukraine, then what? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, as far as the U.S. is concerned, it's all Russia. So it doesn't really matter who does it. No, Ukraine could totally start the nuclear annihilation themselves. Absolutely. And we're very, very close to it. It would take a hell of a leader to de-escalate from that. And the only thing we've seen from Biden is an over-escalation. I mean, what they did with tariffs, nobody really asked them to do with tariffs. There was nobody saying we need to ban Russian cats. (laughs) Well, that made no sense. There's nobody in their right mind that would ban handicapped athletes from participating. That is insane and it's insane to the level of sociopathy well it's trying to cancel all russians again based on something that is allegedly the fault of one guy and that makes zero sense canceling an entire uh group of people is something that hitler was doing well and we have how many millions of russians and now a country supporting or actual nazis in ukraine just canceled a whole group of people just saying. Well, there have to be millions. I don't know how many. Do you have any idea how many millions of Russians live in the United States? Oh, in the United States? Yes. I don't know off the top of my head. But I think it was around two or three. Now, they're not bad people. They're not well, supporting. Some of them are. Well, okay. Well, yeah, you for one. But the reality is everybody's an individual. Everybody's different. This would be like, oh, wow. The Irish government just did something bad. So we're going to throw all the Irish people out of the country. Mm-hmm. It makes zero sense. Well, I get a better idea. Why don't we just build some camps and round them up? Well, we've done that before. Yeah, we have a precedent. Look, this is the irony. The U.S. has a precedent of people putting people in camps based on their ethnicity. The United States has a precedent of dropping nuclear bombs. But the, the rest of the world has a see the United States as the being, aggressor. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the world should see the United States though as being good. There's been no country in the last 50 years that has had military action, actual fighting on other countries' soil than the United States. No other country. They are the, the world most, police. The, the United States is the most violent country on the planet. 
But they're doing it for democracy. The Gene. United States has more people incarcerated in prison than any other country, including China. Not just China. China has let them out. Prisoners. We let Jesse out. Yeah. Well, we can't have an actor in prison, of course. <laughs> but that aside. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it is not unreasonable for literally every other country on on the planet to see the threat that the United States, you know, uh, poses. Now, speaking of people in prison, let's talk about Brittany Griner for a second. Who? This is an interesting story. The, the, she is the WNBA player that is currently incarcerated in Russia because she had vape cartridges, allegedly, that had the cannabis in them. In Russia, okay. not very happy. They're very strict drug laws in Russia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this story has been going around. And it's been covered in so many interesting ways, including, oh, we can't even believe that she had this. They're just looking to target somebody because of all this Ukraine stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, one, I will believe that if any person close to her comes out and says she does not vape cannabis, because if she does and she's on her way to Moscow to go play in whatever league she plays over in Russia and has been playing there for seven years, if you're going there and you vape cannabis, you're probably bringing some with you. Just a guess. Nobody has said she doesn't, but this is an interesting story to me Mm. because I don't think it's about Brittany Griner. I don't think it's about drugs because of a story that I found for today's show, which was another ex-WNBA player that there was a quote from her that I thought was interesting. Her name is Jewel Lloyd. She was a three-time WNBA All-Star who says, obviously, you want to get her back safe. Speaking of Brittany Griner, again, in custody in Russia for having drugs. But overseas is overseas, she says, and that's what the focus of this campaign also is. To show how much women have to go through and not have the choice to stay home. All of us play overseas. And I think understanding that we have great marketing and great talent here in the States and understand we should be here and be able to play here, that's the focus as well. So this is all about women aren't getting paid enough, and this is why this poor woman is over in Russia in jail, is because she's not getting paid enough from the WNBA to not have to go take the side gig. And as I reported on Random Thoughts, the side gig pays like five times what her regular gig does. In the WNBA, she makes like a quarter million Over in Russia, I think she was making like a million and a half. So big, big bump in pay. But now that the focus of the story is like, oh, no, we're not. Yeah, we're worried about getting her back. This is like so disingenuous to me. If this woman's a friend of hers and worried about her safety, you're only worried about getting her out of Russian custody, not. Well, let's talk about the salaries in the WNBA, Gene, because that's what what caused. Go ahead. That's what caused her to go to Russia, of course, because this country is so unfair. She was only making $250,000 to play women's basketball. Yeah. So this is a segment in tall people news. So I don't really care about it, but <laughs> yeah, uh, she is like uh six foot. It's also a segment in sports news, which makes it doubly. I don't care about it. Yeah, um, but it's not. It's the story is not about the sports at all. It's I think there are American plenty of athletes citizen. that that are in other countries. I know that there have been a lot of Americans that have been in um, 
in Asia for uh, mixed martial arts because the pay was better. Right. Uh, a lot of American actors do advertising campaigns in Asia because the pay is better. Right. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of people that choose to do things internationally because the pay is better internationally than it is domestically. And it's not exclusive to the United States either. So, I mean, if somebody goes overseas, somebody goes to Indonesia and then uh, chews gum and spits it out on the sidewalk and then ends up in prison, who cares? I don't care what their job is, uh, you know, whether it's NBA or whether they're in, you know, a businessman. Well, oh, I agree it's with like, that. Obey the damn local laws. That's all it is. But no, this is about the great reset now that women aren't getting paid enough in the United States. That's what this story has become that she's only I over think in Russia. A solution I've proposed to fix this and nobody seems to think I'm serious about it. <laughs> solution is very simple. It's to stop being sexist and only have sports teams that are mixed and only the best players, regardless of sex or gender or anything else should play on those teams. So when we have the best team of basketball players, I, for one, don't care whether they're men or women, as long as it's the best possible players. I agree. And if we did that and stop pretending like we have to give women special treatment and create special teams where they can play with each other, I think then we would finally have true sexual parity and no women in sport. Right, that's exactly it. That was because the reality is there is nothing in any major sports French in uh, uh, whatever you want to call them. League is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. There's nothing that says in the NBA, a woman can't play. There's nothing in major league baseball that says a woman can't play. There's nothing yeah. in the NHL that says women can't play. Now, ironically, one of my favorite sports probably would still have plenty of women in it, which is curling. <laughs> well, the sport where you have to do the very least and there is sweeping involved so of course there is sweeping so hence a lot of women involved yes that oh man i'm gonna get hate mail you're playing right into their strength <laughs> sir gene uh, at okay. sirgene.com yeah you like you're just as bad on this topic i but, know I but yeah this is the thing it's like you you carve out a special exception for people with lesser abilities and then they're unhappy that because they have lesser abilities that they're not making as much as somebody who's actually better than them play in the men's league, prove your abilities against men and make as much money as a man. Now, the reality of what we would end up seeing using basketball as an example in the ultra woke world would be all NBA teams now must have one woman on the floor at any time <laughs> during a game. Right. Yes. It's going very much softball beer league style. Yeah. Hey, are there female ref uh, referees in there or not? In in the NBA, I don't watch this shit, so I don't know. I believe so, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Just like you I know, know, there was a woman umpire coming up through MLB. I think there was finally one yeah. in the majors. Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, this is a uh, you know, it's a it's a weird thing that when you start entering, which is something growing up, never really thought that this would get to the point. But with the transgender stuff, that what is a man, what is a woman, and the fact that it's, I think, hilarious. Yeah, that you have the transgender going from male to female and just right. kicking ass in sports. And the, you know, as an mm -hmm. athlete, as if they had stayed male, they'd be average at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if the people that don't want to see this is ruining and this is damaging to women, I think is hilarious. Yeah, I don't think it's damaging. I think it's underlying the, the key 
factor that I just talked about, which is that women have special carve-outs due to a lack of abilities. Now, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a, just a difference that has existed and does exist in every species since the beginning of time. And in some species, the females are way bigger than the males. I mean, it's not universal, right? So there are animals where the, the male's only job is to inseminate, and then they go off and do their own thing. And the, the females are the ones that are guarding the, the nest and the kids and all that stuff. I will say, um, you know, if there is a female UFC fighter like Ronda Rousey or somebody listening who wants to meet with Gene at one of the meetups, then uh, <laughs> we could, we'll have video on hand. I'll yeah, man. Sure. I'll make yeah, sure. I did MMA. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Was it like flying spaceships? Did you do it while using a flying uh, spaceship? Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. You use a no, joystick. No, I did Muay Thai back in the nineties. Really? Yeah. You've led an interesting and strange life. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I think somebody's well. There are plenty of things I haven't done. I, I played hockey when I was young, and then I, I did Muay Thai when I was older. But well, yeah, uh, that was playing hockey. I never when played young. basketball. Well, again, the height thing. I mean, you are yes, vertically indeed. challenged. I'm appropriately sized, I would say. Which is how how tall are you? Is this a, a trade secret? No. Uh, used to be 5'8". I think now I'm probably a little shorter because I've gotten, as you get older, you get shorter. Wow. So we need to get, we need a picture for the cover of the uh, the artwork. That would be great. Because I'm the yeah, same height as the Podfather. So, it, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm the Podfather? Same, yeah, the same He's, height as the Podfather, 6'5". Uh, I'm not 6'5". Who's 6'5"? No, I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. Used to be, maybe. No, I used to be 6'6", six, six, but now I'm 6'5". Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lost an inch. I know. But you don't really lose it. It just goes horizontal. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, you can blame it on the uh, uh, bacon or the red meat or the beer bacon. or, you know, but it's always something you can blame it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I think that there is, if you don't accept that there are differences between men and women, and if you try to pretend like there aren't any, right, then people going from one gender to the other are going to highlight those differences for you. Congratulations. And it's funny, we're not seeing, at least as of yet, any female to male transgender competing in male sports and winning no no you're not um there aren't as many in in general uh female to, there's some um but uh not nearly as many i'm trying to think like what sports requires somebody to have a small body uh is there anything where that's a benefit i mean like gymnastics would be i would think because um but yeah uh, as but far as competitive do the same routines as women in gymnastics i mean the reality is smaller really can work in hockey there have been some great yeah. hockey players scorers especially now that it's really uh frowned upon to really pound one of those players <laughs> to uh, yeah well the whole point of hockey what what's what about like uh luge or skeleton or something i don't know if there's a benefit to being smaller in those because you're more think, aerodynamic you're like not you know sticking out as much yeah i would think there would be something to be said for that i guess it'd be easy enough to check just check for records to where in the olympics of either summer or winter in any sport where women's scores uh outpace men's scores and then in that 
a female to male uh, should be able to dominate, get gold medals ahead of all the guys. If there is such a sport, I don't know if there is. I'm sure if there is, <laughs> no, midget bowling is not one of the sports in a millennial. That's, uh, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, because you still got to be bigger to bowl the midget than, I mean, the midget is not the person that's actively participating in the sport. They're passively participating in the sport. That would make sense. The more you learn. Yeah, I mean, get your terminology straight here. <laughs> here on the Unrelenting Podcast, we will go where so few people f- would want to go. Like mo- Ukraine. We're most right. We're most would fear to tread. Are you going? I mean, we're getting boots on the ground. Or you would probably be more reporting from Mother Russia, though, right out. I'm going to be going nowhere near any of those places. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. When is the last time you were over in Russia? I've never been to Russia. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. I thought I thought that there in were. In fact, I've never even been to Europe. Really? There. Wow. Yeah. You should get around more. No. Nope. I just like being in Texas. <laughs> You've never left Texas now, right? That's uh uh-huh. I grew up in Minneapolis. As far as but you're concerned, I've never never, been anywhere else. I have never left Texas. Never. We uh-huh. do work on the value for value model. Not everything that comes out of Gene's mouth is accurate. And oh. uh, okay. I I he it may just be a uh what it's what, not it's not any less accurate than when you're seeing on mainstream television. Well, wait, no, there. If, you, if that's the bar we're using, that's the bar right there for accuracy. We are one thousand and thirty-three times more accurate than anything you will see or hear on the M5M. No question about it. But we yes, work. People should give us a dollar per each of those percent. Yes, because we work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there. We hope you get some value out of the show, maybe, or at least enjoyment. Yes, I mean either you learn something. Maybe you just look at something from a different angle that you haven't before. I mean, I know there are times we play the devil's yeah, like advocate. I there's women's basketball. Yes. Women's basketball, completely different. I've never watched a women's basketball game. Maybe it would be fun. I don't know. Yeah, I just I've never been attracted to women at all. I don't have a problem with the height, obviously, but I don't find basketball. I don't overall. know. Maybe you're one of those tall guys that likes midgets. How do I know? Midgets. What is the qualification of a midget? Under what is the uh, <laughs> under what height is the proper term? I mean, because to me, like a girl that's like five foot, that's kind of like a midget. But that's, that's I think borderline. average. Five foot is definitely borderline. I think four foot anything is kind of short. Four foot anything is kind of short. No question yeah. about it. But we hope that we bring some kind of joy, some kind of information a respite from what is going on in a very screwed up world right now and you put a dollar value on it help us out keep the lights on the microphone sounding good the big bottom and oral exciter rocking yeah like if i got a thousand bucks i could afford to fix that thing yeah well i don't think it would cost that much i don't think how much it costs when i bought it wow okay they've come down they've come down but i'm using that today and i think there is a difference i hear a little more a little more of a glistening high end, which I don't know if it's going to be too much because I also it understand might be a little too much excitement. It could be a little too much excitement, but I also understand when converting anything to MP3, which is what everybody hears on the show, especially going down to the bit rate that we use. Yeah. What bit rate do we use? 96. Why don't we do like 160? 
because 96 is what no agenda uses and i thought that is the the industry oh, standard sakes. no it's not the industry standard it's for that, saving people bandwidth exactly that's for saving bandwidth that has nothing to do with industry standard i mean for voice i think it's enough 128 i've tested both and there really is not a big difference with just voice now if you were running music more and clips and stuff like that that maybe had wider bandwidth when i record myself it's always at 320 oh well i mean i would i wouldn't even listen to sir gene speaks unless i can get it in fully uncompressed high res wave yeah and then go at about one and a half x and go right and go one and a half x i'll do a little more testing and see if there's a difference i mean and you can check it out too. take our take the flack file i can send you one mess around with the bit rate see what it sounds like yeah but we send us some money we do have we get do we get anything i mean you're stretching the segment out an awful lot i know this is what we do we talk podcasting uh coming in with five dollars and 63 cents which is our number one donor for the day we are not no agenda i just want to point out we are not i know it's confusing because our donations are identical to theirs i know it well they're slightly different uh petar uh no novak 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 ovik see now that i'm them butchering that but it's like the russians novak. are gonna kill you first you know <laughs> yes that. i'm like hey i'm irish no i'm not i'm fine do whatever you want to do enjoy enjoy pillaging uh but What's thank the you spelling of the name uh n-o-v-a-k-o-v-i-c novikov novikov but then what about the ic that's just that's silent oh no no novik novik n-o-v-a-k which is i mean i know people novak novak yeah and then o-v-i-c after so it's like novak ovik o-v-i-c ovik yeah no novik novikovic novikovic i don't know novikovic i think we have a winner i think we have a winner i see that's actually not russian that's probably uh ukrainian no well now you're now you're mis <laughs> mis uh, nationalizing are you, are you daring to insult ukrainian people now no i love ukrainian yeah. people right. i love russian people yeah i mean the I'd ukraine girls really knock me out gene girls yeah, yeah. U- ukraine girls really knock me out they leave the west mm-hmm. behind now moscow oh, yeah. girls make me sing and shout yeah yeah and that's that's almost the lyric kind of sir almost. kilgore trout coming in with three dollar and thirty three three dollar and thirty cents that is a monthly donation, as is Brian mm. Hall's $2.93, and we appreciate them all. They may be minuscule in number, but we know they're listening, yeah. and that is appreciated. Exactly. We're still a new show, just the little engine that could. If you want to take part in this great experiment and support the show, you can do so at unrelenting.show. You and didn't get any of those big-ass splittable donations this time around? What? You're not doing a good enough job on the other shows? Nope. Those, I mean, they come in like once a month and we, they usually come mm-hmm. in towards the early part of the month. And now you're mid month, Gene. So, uh, oh, is that where we're at? Okay. I did get a, uh, a nice uh, $25 check from Widow Garrett over on No Agenda Social, but she said it was for the rock and roll pre show and Planet Rage. So, was yeah, not, well, that's not a surprise. Was not going for random thoughts or unrelenting. Mm hmm. I do a lot of shows. It's kind of the spray and pray method. I put enough out there. Yeah. And maybe they well, all that's add the up thing. to something. See, if you did all your shows on YouTube, you might actually grow a channel. Do it every day. But it'd have to be the same channel for right. all the shows. Right. And they would have to be somewhat the same show. Well, I, I don't know if that's even true. I think the key thing is just having the same channel. So there's new information coming all the time. If you did, I mean, that's this may actually work, but if you just. Add the camera on when you're doing each of your shows. 
as long as it's going through the same channel, that might actually be enough to build an audience. It's Maybe just we'll try the, it. the idea of doing only four shows per month on YouTube. Yeah, it's like that hasn't worked in 10 years. So what I really want to try then is doing the Scott Adams thing, which is it's not even a show. Mm-hmm. It's just turning on the camera and talking while having coffee for like a half hour. What what does he do a day? 45 minutes, an hour, maybe. I don't, know. I don't watch him. But he does it daily. And I do go going along with what you just said. That would explain yeah. why the popularity that guy does not need money. No, um, there's. And did you see his just, wife? Oh, my God. He is a I, hypnotist. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's rich. I mean, you don't really <laughs> have to be much of a hypnotist if you're rich. That's true. I, I really need more hypnotic powers because because I'm not uh, rich. Yeah. Yeah. He um, he used to do uh, well, well, it wasn't TikTok. What was that other video platform? Uh, they went on YouTube. They were on. Um, it was like this Twitter thing where you could do videos. Oh, yes. A Periscope. Yeah. He used to Periscope all the time. I remember. And that was one of my points, too, on this week's random thoughts is all of these things come and go everybody wants to blame like oh let's legislate tiktok or let's legislate facebook there's always going to be another one stop it yeah like there's nobody under the age of 50 on facebook right now that's probably true and there's hopefully not many people under the age of 30 on tiktok and under the age of 30 there's a bunch of people under the age of over the age of 30 i'm sorry did i say under but this concept that you can legislate this stuff like oh well they're hurting children it's like you know what happens for an online company if like okay say tiktok has to change something about their service Mm -hmm. because of a new law that says anything under 18 you can't do x y and z Mm -hmm. well then they cut the features to those under 18ers and then you know what the 12 year olds do when they sign up for a tiktok account they say i'm 18 of course they do and then the law's meaningless. So stop yeah. it. Now yeah, they 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 are right now for a lot of things anyway. There's no age control. No. Every every law like that is simply trying to replace parents. Yes. Oh, thank with God. the government. Thank you, Gene. Yeah, and this is why I'm not such uh I'm not horribly opposed to the vaccines because I think more people need to be sterilized, frankly. <laughs> I don't well, I don't think you to need to call that a vaccine. Just tell them, yeah. Well, the government calls it a vaccine. If you're dumb enough, then we're just going to sterilize you. Right. Exactly. If you believe that COVID can be fixed with this experimental thing that'll sterilize you, then yes, you probably deserve it. Oh, and see, Pitar is in the troll room. How bad did we butcher the name? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Quick, Novakovic? say it in the, in the troll room and let us know how we pronounce it. Is it Novakovic? I believe. Maybe we finally yeah. got it right. What is that? Is that Czech? Brutal, he said. <laughs> Brutal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that. Is it a check name? What kind of name is it? Ask him for his papers. If he wants, if he wants to be outed, well, he's gonna be now. He is Serbian. Serbian. Okay, good. He said well, it was close Slava enough. Slava Serbia. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Instant feedback. Exactly. And nobody uh, said I know how to speak. I like I said when I was in Ireland. It took like three times them calling my name, and I don't remember what city I was in. To, to I don't be even fair, know what your name is. Which is, uh, you know, there are different dialects. Even a, a country as small as Ireland, there are vastly different okay. dialects. And we were waiting for a table at a restaurant, 
and I had given the name and a couple of times I heard Darren O'Neill, Darren O'Neill. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Oh, that's me. <laughs> is, uh, well, and O'Neill is, is actually a Viking name. So that was from the Viking invasion of Ireland. Which is good. It's good blood to have some Viking blood. That's isn't it? probably why it makes you tall. Because if you were an actual uh, Irish person, you would be nowhere near over six feet. You are so right. I mean, when we were in Ireland, it was like, oh, my God, you folks my are kind small. of country. You can actually yes. look around and see people. <laughs> see, when I got stood up at the bar, I could see full across the bar, even if it was uh-huh. full. I know. I know. <laughs> that reminds me when I was in China, where I could see all the way across the bar. <laughs> so you're like, yes, this is nice. Mm-hmm. it is interesting genetics are an interesting thing we should dive into those well it's not episode. just that it's food because there's tons of tall chinese people in the united states that's true that is true there's a yao ming well he's an exception i would hope i think he's also born in china but i mean like uh you know people that were born in the u.s grew up eating american food and got to be six foot something even though they're a hundred percent chinese ancestry food is poison a lot of what we eat is poison yeah so i think rice just makes you shorter that's that's a theory we could run with yeah if i had to throw a theory out there that's just, you're not afraid to we know this yeah that's true we know that is true you got anything else uh we talked a little bit about ukraine i suppose really um, what, do we, what what should we talk about <laughs> uh i'm trying to think you know what parts have we not covered I think that the, the, oh, we, uh, well, what we didn't cover is actually the no fly zone, which is you brought it up, but then we veered off hard left. Well, I mean, I think the main thing you want to say there is that by implementing a no fly zone, you are escalating to the point to where now this is the United States getting involved. Yeah. Well, what do you have to define what a no fly zone is? Because everyone keeps saying that nobody really knows what it means a a no-fly zone and incidentally they've never actually worked anywhere but a no-fly zone the idea of it is that you have such air superiority that no other uh airplanes or well i guess mostly airplanes um can go through that airspace without being shot down it's not some magic button you press that says, you know, press here to turn on uh, a no-fly zone. What it implies is that you have overwhelming active deterrence in place to prevent anybody from flying through. Right, or and have an agreement that, no, Russia will not fly planes, although it is such well, a I'll, muddled... I'll give you an example. Like, Russia is a no-fly zone right now for... Uh, American planes. Air, NATO aircraft. Right. So you don't want to go into Russian airspace. You don't want to go there because they will shoot you down. And presumably that would be the exact same thing if a Russian uh passenger airliner was flying to England over Europe, it would be shot down. So what you're saying is the problem isn't that Ukraine they would say no fly zone. It would be that Ukraine would need to rely on the United States or other NATO countries in order to enforce the no-fly zone. You can't have a no-fly zone in a territory you don't control. And right now, Russia is in control of the territory. So the only country that could impose a no-fly zone and has effectively imposed a no-fly zone in Ukraine is Russia. And no other country could impose a no-fly zone there right now. 
because again, you have to be able to defend it. You have to be able to defend it. And the only way to defend it is with overwhelming it. So what would happen if an American or let's just say Polish for the sake of argument, because they're closer. So if uh, the U.S. decides to dump a trillion dollars into Poland and, and what that really means is a trillion dollars into U.S. airplane manufacturers who then uh, send over planes to Poland to fly there. Um, what would happen is we would have a whole bunch of those planes very quickly shut down by the Russians from ground-based anti-aircraft stations as well as uh, Russian planes. And there would probably be some Russian planes taken down as well, but it would certainly be the opposite of a no-fly zone. It would be a very heavily flown uh, airspace with a whole ton of aircraft going down. Right. Now, if you're saying, well, we send send anti-aircraft batteries to Ukraine to deploy, we're already doing that. That's not a no-fly zone. Like, we're literally providing anti-aircraft uh, weaponry to Ukraine right now and have been for eight years. The other aspect of it that I think people don't really think about is the no-fly zone uh, really only prevents airplanes from flying. Right. That was my question. Is this fur- further muddled by this because invention missiles of drones? Are not affected. No, drone eh, drones are p- possible. Drones are pretty slow. You can take them out pretty easily. But missiles are not affected by a no fly zone. No. Uh cruise missiles, ballistic missiles, or even the short range uh missile Javelins. artilleries that Russia has, none of those are affected by a no fly zone because they're moving too fast. So they're they're not going to they're all supersonic. And then some of them, which have not been used yet, but could be, are hypersonic. So uh, a, there are certainly anti-missile weapons out there, but we're not really providing those other than Israel. Like, well, by providing, I mean selling. We're not selling them other than to Israel because this is the, the latest U.S. high-tech stuff. Um, so unless we want to open up Ukraine as a... Uh, an iron dome recipient, which incidentally Israel already blocked that happening. Um, they're not going to allow that. There's not much that can, be, that can be done to prevent missile attacks and, uh, missile attacks, uh, are right now like the, the, the one that everybody's, you know, yammering about mainstream media about, oh, my God, they've actually attacked something that was only 16 kilometers from Poland. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's because it's not in Poland. Right. And that's where you, Yahoo's, have been staging NATO's uh, training center. So if there's a NATO training center inside of Ukraine and the whole reason that Russia is in there is because they want to prevent NATO from being in Ukraine. But again, why would you non-story. be shocked? Why would you be surprised if a NATO training center is knocked out? But this is still the non-story, which is the missile landed one inch with inside Ukraine is still in Ukraine until yeah. it crosses the border. Not right. a story. Right. Exactly. So uh, and and the missile was launched from inside of Russia. And it's I mean, it's not a missile. Uh, it, it was actually what was it? They they announced what it was. I think it was. 12 missiles there. And it's incidentally being reported as 60 
Ooh. by American media. There were 60 missile strikes. Well, there was actually 12. Well, the American but, media doesn't know how to count. But the, the, the 12 cruise missiles were launched from inside of Russia. So if it's launched from inside Russia, there's literally nothing you can do about it. Uh, it. It's not crossing over anybody else's airspace. It's going from Russia into Ukrainian airspace. Again, this is the part that seems to be so difficult for people to understand. Ukraine to Russia is like Mexico or Canada to the United States. Large border. And if Mexico started becoming a communist country or Canada started becoming a communist country. No, wait, no, no, um, wait, no, that would be fine. The, the people well, in now, control but here. No, you, 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 you broke through that before I said, <laughs> like back when that counted, like back right. in the 60s, 70s or 80s. There, are you kidding? The U.S. would be invading that country overnight, whether it was Mexico or Canada. It doesn't matter. The U.S. tried to invade uh, Cuba, and not particularly successfully. Um, and there was, uh, you know, and when there were missiles in Cuba, everybody should remember what happened is the U.S. was ready to do a first strike. So, again, historically speaking, as a country that's been involved in more armed conflicts on other people's soil than any other country in the world. Uh, the U S notably is the country that is seen as an aggressor by most people. So I know where I was going. So this will be the final bit here. Cause I know I, I need to wrap up quickly is, um, uh, is that the, the consequences of all these sanctions that have been imposed, that honestly make it more difficult for Americans and Europeans than it does for Russians. Uh, because that's somebody like, I'm not clever enough to have come up with this, but somebody has said quite accurately that, uh, the sanctions for Russia means that Russians who were able to afford trips to Paris and, uh, Chanel, uh, and, and Givenchy clothing, will now have to travel to Hong Kong to buy that stuff. Meaning not much has changed. It's just, they're flying in a different direction, but for the everyday Russians, most of the products they're getting have been, and will continue to be either made in Russia or made in China. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of change for them. However, Russia it supplies the rest of the world with things like titanium, uh, grain, or specifically wheat, oil, you know, raw materials, um, tritium, and even uh, and tritium is uh, you know a component of the nuclear industry. The United States buys uranium from Russia, or had been. I'm sure it's not going to happen anymore. Think about that. We're buying from Russia the materials that we're going to be using in our nuclear power plants, not not just the oil that we're using for plastics manufacturing and uh, gasoline and diesel. So those trades seem like a pretty good deal to me. I would rather be on the Russian side of that equation than the American side of that equation. America loses out basic raw materials like food, fertilizer, nuclear uh components in uranium titanium for the manufacturing industry like these are the things that it loses oh and a nickel uh nickel went up to from i think nickel was at about 
$15,000 a ton or euros, and it went up to 100,000 euros per ton. Think about that. So yet again, a choice that was made that you, is you remember being, what a NICAD battery is, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nickel, this, cadmium. This is being sold as something that's hurting Russia. When in reality, it sounds like this is hurting the United States economically more, which is exactly what you'd expect. It's from. an inconvenience to Russia, and it's absolutely killing the U.S. economy. And what what is the result of that? Are more countries that have been on the fence, but have been kind of sitting on the U.S. side of the fence, like India, like Saudi Arabia, uh, and to some extent uh, China, are now more solidly on the Russian side of that fence. They're still on the fence, but now they've shifted which side of the fence they're sitting on, uh, where India has officially announced that they're buying Russian oil in rupees and rubles instead of u.s dollars uh china is right now making a mass deal that is going to completely uh take all the oil that was being provided to europe and is still being provided to europe but that'll be cut off soon because china is going to get all of it they're doing a massive deal right now uh using the renminbi i think is their currency joe Um, biden couldn't get the destructive green new deal passed through congress so this is what he's doing. This is way more destructive than any new deal would have been. I mean, this is a, colla- a full collapse of the U.S. economy. Uh, and even Saudi Arabia uh, right now is in talks of no longer using uh, U.S. dollars to sell oil. And Saudi Arabia um, is one of the, the original users of the petrodollar like way back in the 70s so having having a lot of well really i mean india and china the two biggest countries in the world by population and russia the biggest country in the world by landmass cutting out the middleman of the u.s dollar and doing their trades that sounds to me like a loss for the united states is all hope lost Yes. Is. <laughs> no, I was doing a bit. Is all That's, hope lost? <laughs> the bit is yes, it is. Yes, it is. Will the United States ever recover? No. <laughs> well, they're not going to have to tune in next time to find out the answers to those questions. No, because the, the the fun portion of the reality show that we're talking about will continue on. It, it's just that you know how we always made fun of Mexican telenovelas. No. Well, a lot of people have. Because they're they're overly dramatic, and uh, the the costumes and the makeup are overdone, and you know it's just it's it's kind of like um you've well fine if it's not telenovelas have you seen Mexican wrestling? Yes. Okay. Same idea. Over the top, even beyond the American stuff. That's how we're being perceived more and more by the rest of the world here in the U.S. and how reality is more and more. Because we are a past superpower in our last days trying to still act as though we're relevant. That's all we're trying to do here, Gene. Until next time. Yeah. Yeah. You keep stepping on the exit. (laughs) 